name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hate my recollections of fishing go back to my summer spent with my cousins in Mississippi. My uncle had his own ideas about how to entertain a 12-year-old during the hot, humid, and suffocating Mississippi summers. What I remember is a painful bake in the August sun, sitting in a rowboat, being eaten by mosquitoes the size of dragonflies, and the endless wait for something to strike the squashed crickets that I had stabbed with the hook. If that wasn't the worst, my uncle insisted that I needed to clean the two slippery, ugly bluegill that I managed to get into the boat after two excruciating hours. All this to say that the image of fishing in Jesus' call to follow him is probably the least attractive he might have chosen for Peter, except, I suppose, Peter, who was a fisherman by trade, was likely to have appreciated more this image. Surely Jesus' message of enticement was more successful than my uncle's. Anyway, Peter responded to the invitation to, to fish for men without much hesitation, it seems. Maybe he was disillusioned with, as, with fishing as much as I was. This call thing, which comes up in the gospel several times, continues to puzzle me. For years, I served on the Commission on Ministry and listened to candidates talk about how they felt called to ministry. Years before I had to talk about my own call to the priesthood, this, it, was, it seemed to me a kind of tricky question. The trick was not to talk about, about it as if it was too spooky, but yet it, it had to have an honest ring to it, like it reflected some desire to live a life which reflected the values Christ showed us in his life, and then in some way lead others down the same path. But once you've said that, what else do you say? In my more senior years, I spend a lot of time thinking about symbols and images as I've created vestments for churches. More specifically, I have been asked many times to create vestments for newly ordained clergy. And part of the process of design is to understand how they perceive their ministry. What is it about? What is their vision of their call? What do they want to do? What do they bring to the job? Can they fish? <laughs> do they like fishing? I had a much better idea in my 20s about what I was called to do than I do now, except it is not fishing. Recently, the cathedral asked me to make a vestment for a priest to be ordained. This priest who is the curate, uh, this young woman who is the curate at the cathedral, Lauren Grubach. 
Lauren was very clear to me about the images she wanted for her ministry. So the job of, for me to develop an image for the vestments was pretty easy. She is intensely concerned about diversity, urban ministry, multicultural, multilingual, racially mixed, LGBTQ ministry. So here's what she's getting at. This is what we're doing for her. You may recognize the theme. <laughs> I borrowed it from the All Saints Anniversary Vestments, you may recall, and they're based on this window. This window speaks of the realities of a world torn by sin and suffering. A man hangs on a lamppost where the street signs read, Bigot and Greed. This appears immediately before Michael and Raphael and Uriel, who are throwing um, Lucifer out of heaven, as if to say, Here you are, world. Lucifer is yours. Evil is among you. You're going to have to deal with it. So Lauren's ministry is simply about creating a new world. One in which the streets signs and the lampposts read peace and charity and justice, love and mercy, or in Lauren's case, excuse me, Joel, Fidelidad, compassion, esperanza, fe, solidaridad, algegria. So when she wears this chasuble, she might be reminded about the theme of her ministry. But what reminds you about your call to your ministry? After all, we know that the whole purpose of including this gospel in the Sunday morning lessons was to call all of us to our own ministries, not just to the priesthood. What is your call when the world is challenged by grief, loss, fear, illness, death, suffering, homophobia, discrimination, anger, despair, need I go on. Any of those realities we seem to encounter daily. And how do you get from disillusionment to fidelidad, compassion, esperanza, fe, solidaridad, alegría? I've had periods in my life when I've not been able to cross over to the other side. There's no greater hell than to be bound in the world of the Southwest transept. In time, I've learned that I'm not able to do it all on my own. I need the support and the constant reminder that I find in this community.
It is too easy to become disillusioned with life without a community that reminds us and reminds us routinely that life is bigger and more bountiful than the daily news. A community that believes in and accepts the outcast, resists the temptation to exclude others, reminds me regularly that being different is a gift and not a threat. And above all, routinely feeds me with bread and wine as a reminder that all the important battles of my life were already won for me on the cross. It is not an escape, but a perspective on reality. This is a call to all of us to keep the vision of the heavenly kingdom as a hope in our lives. I never thought when I was ordained that I might quote to you from Revelation. <laughs> but then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It is a kingdom not out there, but here, here where our lives are changed and changed here. The kingdom is changed here when we hear and heed our call. Amen.